Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everyone, hello. Hello. I didn't see you there, gentle viewer. Uh-huh. From not Philadelphia, we are introducing you to an episode that was taped in Philadelphia. How exciting. How exciting. We have some very special guests that you're going to get to hear on the other side of the theme song. But for now, Jenny, let us talk about some news, some updates, some important information. We've got some good news for you. Um, I know that might be hard to believe. (laughs) I thought good news was a thing of the past, (laughs) Kristen. Yeah, we thought it couldn't be done. Um, And to that end, before we get to the good news of it all, I just want to say, hey, take care of yourselves, okay? We're here to podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a means of helping you take care of yourselves and we're also going to work really hard to take care of ourselves this is your reminder that part of fighting and continuing to fight is like taking care of yourself and wrapping yourself in a cozy blanket and like taking a minute and taking a breath taking a day a week Mm -hmm. even take Mm -hmm. some time Mm -hmm. so this is Kristen telling you please 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 remember to take care of yourselves one fun balm upon your soul could be if you feel like it joining us virtually as we broadcast uh the second night of our dirty girls weekend in chicago that's right dear friends uh we are gonna have a live stream of our live taping of dirty girls our sunday night on july 24th live from lincoln hall in chicago and you can join us virtually tickets to our live stream are available now and all details can be found at momenthouse.com slash buffering the vampire slayer, or as always, by going to our website directly and checking out the calendar of events. Tickets are $10. $10 for hearing us talk about Buffy and Faith seems like a steal to me. Also, guess what else, Jenny? <gasps> what else? Leading up to this momentous <gasps> occasion, which I've started referring to as Fuffy Summers, Fuffy Summer <laughs> S in parentheses. The seas. Okay. One of your one of your best ideas. Thank you so much. Um, leading up to this two-night event in Chicago, we are going to be doing live watches of all of what we consider to be the most important fuffy and fuffy adjacent episodes that got us to this very moment in season seven called Dirty Girls. Uh, all of the details for these live watches are on our calendar. We kick things off this Friday, July 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern with a double header. That's right, I said double (gasps) header of Faith, Hope, and Trick and Revelations. The whole schedule 
can be found on our Patreon page. This is available open to all of our patrons to join us on the Discord channel. It'll go through July. I think it starts July 1st and goes all the way until the 18th of July, right before we fly to Chicago. So it's going to be super fun. Also, by way of Patreon, just a reminder that we are also in the middle of live watching Yellow Jackets season one. Thursday, tomorrow, is the viewing of episode three of Yellow Jackets in the Discord. Jenny and I are releasing the first pod to patrons tomorrow as well. And my God, when do we sleep? Spoiler, we don't. (laughs) Me and LaToya are also doing a podcast on the Netflix show, First Kill. All of that available to our patrons, patreon.com slash bufferingcast or all of this, as always, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. What a world. What a embarrassment of escapism riches. Ah, speaking of embarrassments of riches, I'm here to tell you, if you can believe it, that we have a very special guest on today's episode's song. Obviously, the episode storyteller is uh, very Andrew heavy, and we thought it would only be fitting to rope our dear friend, John Mark Nelson, into being the voice of Andrew for this song, and also... Uh, and also arranging some strings for it. So I wrote the song and played some harpsichord and John Mark sang it and arranged some strings. Our powers combined bring you this episode's song. You're welcome in advance. When I sent the song to Kristen, she said, oh my God, I had no idea John Mark's voice was so sexy. And then she said, don't tell him I said that. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I was like, and John Mark edits the episode, but not the intros. So it's possible he'll still never hear the truth. Yes. Yes. Your secret is safe here in the intro. Welcome to the universe. John Mark Nelson starring as Andrew. Welcome. Welcome. So happy to have him. I'll tell you what else, Kristen. Mm, Speaking of sexy. Mm, exactly uh it's friggin results time here in the intro for the sexual tension awards of the episode get it done if you know what i mean (laughs) and i think that you do in a very disappointing fourth place with a very appealing 16.9 percent of the vote (laughs) it's it's a nice little consolation percentage it's uh buffy and principal wood you y'all better get Buffy and Wood up to the top of the goddamn list. I'm getting pissed. Come now with eyelashes on a man like that. Yeah, please. And it's not going to be in in this episode because Buffy's pouring cereal. So I know they're not going to win this time either. But <laughs> anyway, continue, Jenny. I'm so sorry. Uh in uh, in third place with 21 percent of the vote, somehow pulling ahead of Buffy and Wood. It's Andrew and his big board. <laughs> sure. Fine. Uh, shockingly, in second and not first place with 30.1% of the vote, it's Spike and getting beat up. I don't know. I, su- I actually support this winner. They did They did earn this one. All right. And in first place with 32% of the vote, only 0.9% more of the vote than Spike and getting beat up, to be fair. It's Anya and Spike. It's 1.9% more, Jenny. So your math oh my God. I'm is incorrect so bad at math (laughs) i am but i'm just a little lady here in the intro trying to do some math kristen i'm so sorry so anya and spike look for your trophies in the mail 
And uh, last but not least, just a couple other things. I'm not going to read an email this app just because it's a live episode, which means we're going to have a whole situation over there. I'm going to save the email for next time. But I would like to let you know that in our store, there is a brand new item in case you missed it. It is the Kinda Gay Vampire Willow Fan Club design on a crop top. The month is still June, just barely. It is still Pride Month, just barely. And if you're (laughs) listening to this podcast, you are kind of gay. So if you need... At least kind of. At least kind of. So if you need that on a crop top, go on over to our store. Our website has all this information. And one more thing about the store. Jenny and I were together in Philadelphia, which means we signed some things So there are signed Buffering the Vampire Slayer posters, really beautiful screen printed posters that feature Frank, Sam, and Gus, our pets, as well as us. Um, And we signed some of the split seven inches from way, way back uh, from I Will Remember You, the crossover with Angel. So those are now in the store and, you know, they're limited because we our wrists get tired. So there's only so many of them and then there will be no more. Um... One thing heading to you if you're a patron that I didn't mention is that while Jenny and I taped this episode, and you'll hear us fiddling about with it a couple of times as we record in Philadelphia, we were using a camcorder that I uh, purchased. It's a 2022 camcorder. Very small, very cheap, very different than the 90s. But we recorded (laughs) footage of us backstage and uh, the audience and just like really fun shit. And so I am stringing it all together and putting it up on Patreon as a little bonus content. So if you want to see that behind the scenes stuff, uh, any level of of patronage, any level of patronage, (laughs) any level of patronage will patronage (laughs) will get you where you need to be. I'm going to take a nap while you listen to past me talk to past Jenny. How's that sound? Enjoy past us in Philadelphia. Gentle listener, and welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer. A podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy, the Slayer of the Vampires. One by one, spoiler free, in tandem with the gals, I'd love to gift a beautiful smoking jacket for any holiday. Angel on top. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Uh, I'm letting her keep the mood. I'm just funnel cake, Andrew, so... I am Kristen Russo. Uh, And this week we are here in Philadelphia. 
talking about season seven, episode 16, Storyteller. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny recapping the Buffy episode. We're discussing, I cannot wait to hear what you write. Uh, we're in the past, but this will be in the future, so it's a very special little nexus, you know? Mm, yes, well, only time can tell us that tale, but in the mean, Storyteller was written by Jane Espenson, directed by Marita Grabiak. A woman? No. In this verse? <laughs> and originally aired on February 25th, 2003. Okay, no? No birthday mouth? No, okay. no, I'm good. I just, like, it felt like the mood was really calling for birthday math. Um, this is the one, according to IMDb, where Andrew creates a documentary called Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. For what it's worth, we are on the hook to only say vampire. And if we say the other word, same word, different pronoun, you get what I mean? then you're in charge of just absolutely giving us all the shit in the world, okay? You're Philadelphia, you are on watch. Meaning, we're on watch, and you're watching. <laughs> uh, this documentary is a record of the current situation in Sunnydale to show future generations. Andrew manages to capture many important moments and to annoy almost everyone in the house, but Buffy needs to tear him away from his filmmaking because the seal of Danzelthorpe is active and, and it says that, I swear to God, it does. Uh, and Andrew may hold the key to closing it before it destroys the town. This is the one where Andrew does a bunch of shit with his camcorder. Hooray! Well, I mean, has anyone ever had more things on a table? You got a lot of things on your table. Got a lot of things on the table. Okay, we can make a podcast. You think you got a lot of things on your table? Listen to this previously on. <laughs> previously on Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. Arch nemesis. Warren was flayed. Andrew and Jonathan went to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a big evil that can be any person it wants as long as they're dead and also it's non-corporeal. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Andrew killed Jonathan. Oops. Mm -hmm. Willow caught him buying blood. He likes to think of himself as more of a guestage. Uh, here's what potential slayers are again. Uh, Wood took Buffy to dinner. His mom was a slayer and we see Spike kill Nikki again. A lot of shit's going on. It's almost like we're at episode 16 of the final season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I have some, like, macro thoughts. Is it okay if I begin with a macro thought? Imagine if I tried to stop you. It isn't even... It, it isn't even fully formed, because that's how I roll. I'm just like, ooh, there's half a thought. I will bring it to everyone. Uh, I won't finish the thought. But I just, when I was watching this episode, was really thinking about uh, Superstar. And how there hmm. are, especially because these are two members of the trio, um, a trio of dudes who, like, really make themselves more grandiose in their minds as a means of, like, feeling important. 
and that they both have an episode that is directly focused on like the dissonance between like what they want to be in Jonathan's case or wh what they imagine they are in Andrew's case, <laughs> which is maybe the difference. So that's my like half baked thought. Um, but I do feel, and we'll have, we have a little video message later from Latoya Ferguson. Yeah, um, and she has some thoughts on like the Jonathan Andrew of it all because I, and, and, and not just, you know, I'll, I'll back off my macro horse in just a half a second. But I've seen a lot of commentary about how like this episode perhaps would have been if, not episode, but this season would have been if Jonathan was actually the one that was in the house with the Scoobs, you know? Mm -hmm. Something to ponder. Did you hear that sweet sound of pondering? <laughs> okay, so we begin. And here, and here is where we begin. Is that the song that plays for uh, Not exactly, but you know, I was like <laughs> thinking about the harpsichord, vibing out, you know. This is Tom Lank at Tom Lank's best. He is so funny. That's my very smart thoughts. He's really, I mean, I think we don't know why this story is Andrew's instead of Jonathan's, but I think a strong possibility is that they just wanted Tom Lank to Tom yeah. Lank out because it's really fun to watch. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And like, I mean, just his delivery. And I don't know, you know, I was the age of, we were both the age of the cast, basically. When Technically, Kristen's a year older than me. Go on. It's true. It's true. Though every year I hope to pause for just long enough for her to catch up, you know? Uh -huh. But I feel like, so my best friend in high school was a gay man. Um, and his, his comedy was so identical to this delivery that Tom Lank has in this character. And so I don't know, like, if it was just the place we were in, if there was, like, something, if, like, Tom Lank was the source, probably not, because I don't think that my friend Jeffrey was watching uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer at the time, but, like... What show? What show? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. Oh, I'm so mad that I fucked it up before Jenny. Before Jenny. When have I ever fucked anything up, especially at a live taping? <laughs> anyway, all I was trying to say is that the, the comedy here, maybe there's a name for it, but just the way he, he delivers his fucking jokes are so perfect and delicious, and he carries this episode flawlessly. It's wonderful to get lost in a story, isn't it? <laughs> the way that he coughs after he takes the first puff of his pipe and then his, his, his like, tone of his voice is like eight octaves higher and he's like, come with me now. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So we're in the narration of Andrew, and we go to the cemetery, but Andrew's version of the cemetery. Um, and we see, I mean, Buffy has incredible moves in, in general. She does have incredible moves, but like she does this like backwards, you know what I mean? She like grabs the top of the, you're just watching. She's just gonna watch me the whole time with her smug pipe. <laughs> uh, I was listening attentively and 
It's nice to have a hand prop. Yeah. I have a hand prop too. It's uh, my tequila. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Um, but, you know, we go to the cemetery, we see this fancy footwork from Buffy, and we get narration from Andrew. Things don't look good for our slayer. Interrupted by... Look at you with your little... Foley? Is that what they call it? <laughs> a little tap, tap, tapping? Um, Anya, assuming that Andrew, of course, is masturbating... What else would you think? You've, we've, much has been made of how many girls are now living in this house and how there is one, maybe 1.5 bathrooms. One bathroom, and like, not to skip this part, because we'll talk about it, but like, when we get to the part where all the potentials are going into the bathroom, what are they doing in there? They're like each going and sneezing one time and then leaving. <laughs> maybe like, brushing their teeth. They could, if you watch how quick they go in and out, like nothing happened in that bathroom. They were like, everybody go in, touch the wall, turn around, come back. <laughs> um, but Andrew has occupied the bathroom for like a half hour with his, and my, like, there's a lot of like 90s, early 2000s shit in here, but like the makeshift tripod that he has, where it's like just like a stool with like some towels and a whatever. I was like, that is relatable content. <laughs> Definitely made a tripod like that many times. Just here to observe. She's I'm auditing this pod, actually. To observe. <laughs> did, did you want to take a smoking break, or shall I just continue talking? Please, go for it. <laughs> so anyway, Anya's like, get the fuck out of here. What are you even doing? Um, hey, he's entertaining and educating, actually. And Andrew, okay, well, we go to the credits. But when we come back from the credits, Andrew is um, going to make a really solid move here where he is going to tell Anya that she's going to be interviewed next. And she has a really good story to tell. Like, I just, I feel like Andrew is making funnel cake. He's making big mistakes. But he also kind of has, like, a pretty good read on a lot of people in this household. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's always, well, it's just always Spike, Anya, or Andrew, really, with their finger on the pulse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, each kind of, like, ignored or written off for various reasons at different times. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it all began with Cordelia. Oh. Which, like, I don't know, I didn't expect this, but, but here we go. We don't acknowledge anything that she's gotten up to in Los Angeles, especially in the most uh, the concurrent season of Angel. No, 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 it's not no. happening. It's not happening. No, no, we're don't worry here to about have a good time and only a good time. I know. Unlike on Angel on Top, we are here <laughs> to have a good time. Agreed. Okay, so. When we come back from the credits, before we get to the Anya shit, we go to the cemetery for real. And we see that Andrew is following Buffy around and making a record. And, like, I kind of side with Andrew on this. I think it's nice. I think it's nice. I mean, he's making a really, you know, he makes a good point that no one is recording this. Now, especially that the council 
has been decimated, but even when they were around, they were just like taking credit for stuff and not paying the Slayer. So I think what he's doing in a way, I, I, you know, the essence part of, of it, it, the essence of it uh, is a good idea that I support. I've never said anything negative about Andrew making a documentary about Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires in my life. I mean, I was out there making Scream 2 on my camcorder before there was a Scream 2. This seems like a more noble use of a camcorder. So wild that yours didn't get made. I know. <laughs> also, not to bring up my gay friend Jeffrey again, but I made Scream 2 with him. <laughs> okay, so I have, I have a little bit of information here that I would like to um, impart. Well, some of you probably already know it, but some of you don't. Uh, because Andrew says, hey, why do vampires show up on video? <laughs> Fuck me! I thought you were a professional. I know. It's hard. It's hard. Can you tell that I only fuck it up when I'm, like, very intent on what I'm saying? It's like I get absorbed in the thing and I forget. But it's okay. You're doing Do a you great job. Do you want to hold my pipe for a little bit? It might help you. No, uh, Jenny, I have to go alone. Okay. <laughs> He says, why do vampires not, or why do they show up on video? And so I did some, some digging, and, and we've talked about this a little bit, but like the general idea of why vampires don't show up <laughs> in mirrors, like their reflection isn't there, is because of a, it, the myth usually goes all the way back to silver, right? That like silver ho like is a holy thing. Yeah, you know, science, uh, <laughs> math religion, whatever. And so it's the silver of it all, right? And that's why. And so on a camcorder, what have you, there's, there, there's not silver used in that, the reflection. And in mm. current day mirrors, there also is not silver. It's aluminum now. And <laughs> before there was silver used for mirrors, there were other things. Like in the 15 and 1600s, they were mercury coated, dangerous. Um, <laughs> And then earlier than that, there were bronze mirrors, and the first mirror ever known in 8000 BC was an obsidian stone, known as Black Mirror, not to be confused with the show. So, and all of this led me to realize that we've been talking about Angel not able to do his fucking hair, but really there are other reflective surfaces that he's probably using. You know that that guy has an obsidian stone. <laughs> Right? Highly polished. Highly, but he polishes it every night before bed. <sighs> anyway, I'm terrified to be on the stage now that I keep saying the word wrong, but I'm going to power through it. You're doing great. Thank you. Yeah. You're, it's Jenny. Does everyone agree it's Jenny's turn? <clears throat> I think you okay. need to put the pipe down. Okay. <laughs> uh... So the cemetery gives us the general read that Buffy does not want to be documented. Uh, this does not stop Andrew from uh, pitching taglines while she's trying to do her job. She was a woman in danger, or was she? <laughs> He's good at what he does. He's yeah. Good at it. Uh, a slayer in action. Yes. A nerd in pain. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we go, we talked about the Anya moment. Anya is sold, sold. I can be the star. This moment between them, Anya is so horny to be featured in a documentary <laughs> that 
even though these have to be the two characters least likely to do a little kiss, it almost seems for a moment <laughs> in the hallway discussing Anya's appearance in the documentary that they might accidentally just brush their lips together. A love that dare not speak its name. I mean, they are very intimate. And Anya's been like really after this feature since Once More Worth Feeling, if not earlier. Remember how mad she was that she didn't have like the hit single? Yeah, well, that's she, not what she called it. <laughs> she did not want a book number. She wanted a breakaway pop hit. Breakaway pop hit. So down to the basement we go now where Andrew is getting the most use out of his big board. Um, yeah, he's getting his money's worth. But now whatever he did in the previous episode is what, lost? Yeah, it's temporary. Listen, this is the age of the camcorder. You, you tape over that shit, it's gone forever, you know? Uh, does nobody understand that? <laughs> Everyone was like, what do you mean? It's gone yeah. forever. It's in the cloud, probably. He has, <laughs> he has drawn, like, the, the head of the first, which is, like, a little, like, red devil head. And then, like, Sunnydale High School, and underneath it, the hell mouth, and he has even drawn in the bringers down at the bottom. They're like, they're like a little band of bringers. It's very cute, and he's explaining. Basically, if anyone says to you, so like, what's happened in season seven? You just have to show them this clip. <laughs> and Andrew will explain it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they replaced the previously ons with this. <laughs> Let's explore the world of our story. He also drew fucking Turkon, and that is my favorite part of Andrew's drawing. Yeah. <laughs> it's this nasty good. vampire. Vampire! <laughs> I'm never gonna get it. My brain doesn't work. But it's fun. <laughs> uh, Andrew also refers to the bringers as very mobile for blind people, which. A, no, but also B, such a weird take from him because you know he's got to be obsessed with Daredevil. <laughs> Arguably, perhaps, the most mobile oh, shit. of all blind individuals ever to roam yeah. the Marvelverse. Good call, Jenny. Good thing there's a nerd here. <laughs> what the fuck? I thought this was a nerd-friendly zone. I meant it as a compliment. Mm. Did you know that this show is about many things, including vampires? <laughs> trying to get my ratio up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Kristen's batting average. <laughs> it's time to go to the kitchen. I'm so excited about the kitchen. Okay. Is this a, is this a show or a tell? Well, we're going to tell, tell and then we're gonna show. We're going to tell and then show. <laughs> so it's morning in Sunnydale. The women are taking the time to fortify themselves. Xander's like, excuse me. And you think, like, Andrew is, like, digging on Xander for a second until you realize he's just flirting with Xander again. He's like, the women and Xander, the man who is the heart. <laughs> of the Slayer machine. And Xander's like, yeah, the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and we get a little summary. Oh, oh, wait, yes. I'm sorry. Please. Spike is just smoking indoors. 
2003, baby. 2003. As I've always said, smoking indoors is absolutely inappropriate. Under any circumstances. You know who smoked indoors all the time in 2003? My friend Jeffrey. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> but this, like, this is not, because that was my response at first, too. I was like, um, not cool. But then I was like, wait, but in 2003, when I was 23, this would not have been a thing where you're like, what are you doing? Get outside. You know, like people. I guess it's sunny out. Oh, he can't. But go stand by a window or something. Or go to your basement. Yeah. Or get a, uh, what do you call those things that we used to use in college to a smoke poof? weed? A spoof? A, is it a spoof or a, a spoof? Okay. A spoof? <laughs> I was like, poof, we got there halfway. Spoof. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know what a spoof is, you take a, a toilet paper roll, the inside of a highly card, scientific cardboard. And you put some dryer sheets in there, and then, and then you take one nice dryer sheet, you put it over the top of that shit, you put your hair band around it, then you take a puff of whatever smoke you're smoking, hopefully weed, because cigarette smoke stinks bad, and then you blow it through, and it comes out smelling like smoke that is slightly tinged. <laughs> dryer fresh smoke. <laughs> That's how you get away with smoking weed in college. <laughs> Anyway, this is, not, this is not about science. This is about television. Okay, um, so we're going to fucking play. We're just going to show it to you. We're going to show it to you. Because you deserve it. Okay, everybody ready? Okay. I was waiting for you to get quiet. I don't want you to miss anything. You've already met Buffy. She's beautiful with a lion's heart and, and the face of an angel. She's never afraid because she knows her side will always win. Buffy and Spike have some kind of history. You can feel the heat between them, although technically as a vampire, he's room temperature. <laughs> Anya, a feisty waif with a fiery temper and a vulnerable heart that she hides even from herself. <laughs> This lovely girl, I don't remember her name. <laughs> it's so good. Do you know what else is so good? Is the person who's gonna come up here and talk to us about this scene and more, Jeremy Rodriguez. <laughs> Jeremy. Oh my gosh. Hello. Hi. Everyone. How would you feel about sitting next to me while I read uh, a couple of sentences about who you are? Oh, please do it. <laughs> bring this all the way yes. towards you. Dear gentle viewers, uh, Jeremy Rodriguez is a queer, non-binary writer, a mod for Buffering's secret Facebook group, and co-host of the One Tree Hill Rewatch podcast, Always and Forever. Their greatest achievement in life was when James Marsters told them they had beautiful eyes. Please welcome Jeremy. <laughs> I'll 
also check out their nails. Podcasting is a visual medium, obviously. (laughs) For the listeners at home, I've got to experience this. For the listeners at home, Jeremy's nails are are those gels? Yes, they are. Of course, they are. Mm -hmm. Gel black, very like Spike, but as though Spike had never chipped a nail. Mm. You know, that's what we're working with. I thought about running them through the mud like James Marsters did, but I just didn't (laughs) want to go through the effort. You know? Jeremy, welcome to the fucking pod. Thank you so much for having me. I didn't think I'd be nervous about uh, mispronunciating vampire. Is that how it is? You just have to do, you just play Jenny's game and don't fucking say anything. (laughs) I said it so many times the right way. (laughs) That's because you've only talked in an accent the whole time. (laughs) Accent. So, um, Jeremy, I know we're here to talk about the episode Storyteller, but can you first tell us about James Marsters telling you you had beautiful eyes? Yes. Right. Well, all I really had to do was get some cereal and that pour it <laughs> oh, in yeah. slow motion. Nice. Just like what you just saw up there. No. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, all seriousness, though. It was at New York Comic Con a few years ago, and I was meeting him. I was nervous, but he was so fucking nice. Like, such a warm, genuine person all around. And I just decided to tell him, like, you know what? Like, you were my first gay crush. And Flirting. all he said was, you have great taste. <laughs> <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> and then I just said, well, thank you so much. It was great to meet you. He was like, yeah, you have beautiful eyes, man. And I pretty much went back to my hotel room later that night and just thought about it for the rest of the evening. <laughs> Honestly, in my mind, the, ne- the scene cuts and you're both in the bronze, like... <laughs> uh-huh. You know, strobe Correct. light. And, oh, I wish. And Jenny's like, what happened in the missing hours? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jeremy, you said this scene is where you wanted to come up and, and enter the pod, which is a pretty good choice because it is amazing. It is. Uh, tell us about your feelings. Tell us about your feelings on Andrew. Okay, so I know I talked about how much I love Spike and he was part of my sexual awakening, but as I get older and older, I feel like Andrew is the type of guy I'm attracted to more now. <laughs> and is that a controversial opinion? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> It depends on what it means, you know? Like, I mean, Spike is a problematic fave, but Mm -hmm. I hate to break it to you. So is Andrew. So is Andrew, yeah. (laughs) Different, but... I mean, I'm not attracted to the guys who tend to kill people, kill their best friends over seals of Thorps or anything like that. Bless you. But... (laughs) But just a general vibe, I would say. You know, he's... I don't know, he's cute. Tom Mike is adorable. Tom Mike is adorable. He's very cute. Yeah. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you so much for the five people out there. <laughs> um, do you remember watching this episode for the first time? Yes, I watched season seven as it aired. It was actually the only season of Buffy I watched as it aired, ironically. Um, I started watching it, and it says, oh, the show's canceled. Great. Well, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, so, were you out to yourself when you were watching no. the show? 
Did you feel any feelings towards the fact that the character of Andrew was coded kind of gay, but not ever? Like, did it, did it bring up anything for you? I definitely identified with Andrew just being like the weirdo in general, I would say. So a little bit, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Cause that's the thing with Andrew and like a thing that I feel like I want to talk about in this episode and, and Latoya will dig into it a little bit too when we talk with her, but it's like, we never get a coming out from Andrew, you know? It's like, we get a lot of jokes about Andrew's queerness or gayness or whatever the word that maybe he would use, but it's, it's sort of like there as a, as a little bit of a joke, but also not in like a mean joke, but it's, it's a bizarre relationship to his sexuality that the show has, I think. Do you think that, okay, standards and practices at this point had a hard quota. They were like, one, you get one pair, Probably. and that is it. Otherwise, what are we doing? It's a madhouse. Right, right, right. Everyone will think they can be gay. Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and now. And now. The prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> back um, at the bar there, but you're in full silhouette. They so like, as arms came up, your arms came up, and it was so beautiful. It's like, Love it. Yeah. Happy Pride! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Jeremy. Yes, Kristen. Tell us some of your favorite things about this episode. So the reason why I want to come up to this scene in particular, I feel like it's just queer culture in general. <laughs> you see Sarah Michelle Gellar, she looks so fucking gorgeous with her blonde hair flowing in the woods. And then you see Anya eating grapes. And then- Queer culture, Anya eating grapes. Yeah. It's gay rights, it's total gay rights, you know? But, I mean, obviously, like, you know, you pick the two, like, gorgeous women on the show and, you know, you have them do these iconic moments. It's just gay rights. Sarah Michelle Gellar's wink <laughs> is unbelievable. That deserves an Emmy of its fucking own. Yeah. It's amazing. And then you think, like, you've seen the best thing that can happen on screen, and Anya does her fucking look to camera. It's just, they're just brilliant. They really are very brilliant. Yep. That's how I seduce James Marsters. <laughs> Plus, James Marsters shirtless. <laughs> Not upsetting. Not upsetting. <laughs> I'll go into the gamerhood after this, so, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll just bring some grapes and just... Yes. Seduce people uh, on the dance in floor. Yeah, in case you don't know, you have a, a Philly resident here. Jeremy is uh, living here in Philly, in your city. <laughs> I'm just having a great time. <laughs> same, same. Did you did you have any did you have any questions for Jeremy? Any burning deep desires? How did we ever get so lucky? How did I ever get so lucky? It's the better question. Uh, Jeremy, for those of you who don't know, has been one of our two Facebook mods, like main mods for forever, it feels like, because you were a mod in 2019, and so I don't know how far back it went before then, but it doesn't really Time matter. Time has changed <laughs> significantly. And has, like, them and Rosemary have done so, I mean, just like lifted the community inside of that space so many ways, so many times. Just 
as Jenny would say, I have something in my eye. Yeah. But Me like too. truly, I know that we'll probably do this like 50 more times because who could ever thank you enough for what you've done for the community? But like, thank you so fucking much, Jeremy. Thank you for everything you both do for me. I mean, these two <laughs> ladies are fucking amazing. <laughs> thank you. Oh. Um, also, we were supposed to do this show. Back in October. Yeah, yeah. And, and Jeremy was going to be a guest. And then we were like, JK, world is still on fire. World is still on fire. And then we were like, you know what? It turns out the fire is not going out. So we're doing the fucking show. <laughs> Let's do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeremy, are there other things about this episode that you would like to get off of your chest? Is there anything that, is, that we did not talk to you about that you must speak on now? Um, you get a little bit of shirtless spike, which is always exciting. I feel like there's a there's a lack of that in season seven. Mm -hmm. Why? Oh, oh, I have a question that it's I'm going to ask you and our next guest as well, which is, do you think that Andrew is a Bangel stan or a Spuffy stan? Or a Biley Ruffy fan? <laughs> <laughs> like, fully? Foley was ready for Jenny to be like, Fuffy, and then that shit came out of her mouth. <laughs> but like, yeah, who do you think that Andrew ships with Buffy? I, Sp you think Spuffy? The audience is saying Spuffy? I agree with Spuffy just because, I mean, why else would Andrew like manifest that image? Right, right, right. Right then and there. But Andrew's never Andrew met Angel. Of... Andrew doesn't know anything about Angel. That's true. <laughs> That might be hindering. That's true. He's like, he, he has to know something now. Yeah, he's he, like that guy that showed up to prom. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed a little older, but I don't know. I forget about that sometimes. Was Andrew at prom? I don't know. His brother was really busy. Like, was he the same year as them? No, he's a year younger than them, right? Oh, yeah, it's an older brother talker, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm a fake fan. I don't know this. No, this is, this is how you do it, Jeremy. You just say, was he? And then you look. And then every... <laughs> you yeah. trust your community. Especially the first few rows, they always know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we love you very much. Love you. Uh, and it has been a joy and an honor. Absolutely. To have you up here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and I oh, also yeah. think that you have beautiful eyes. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jeremy Rodriguez, everybody. <laughs> Just the fucking best. Just the fucking best. Uh, you know, it makes me angry. It's so good. Okay. Okay. So, there we were. We've just seen this scene. Everyone has had feelings. Honestly, as much as I love the wink and I love the grapes, it is truly shirtless Spike that makes me fall off the couch. It's just something about it. He just seems so vulnerable. <laughs> we have a brief exchange where everyone is, it's sort of like, I was mad at Giles like a few episodes ago because he just kept being like, no fun. The world is ending, no fun. And we've kind of like transferred that now to Buffy who's like, no cameras. And everyone in the kitchen is kind of like, what's the, like, what's the big deal? 
Rona is like, honestly, if we save the world, having a record of it would be cool. And Amanda, who you think is like all puppies and kittens, is like, and if we don't, then nothing fucking matters. <laughs> Amanda, the surprise nihilist. Buffy's <laughs> uh, like, listen, the reason that I am not interested or prioritizing this documentary uh, is that I've had a vision and I'm gonna do a little speech now about it because that's what I do now. Uh, and Andrew, bless his heart, is like, I'm gonna take you out of here because uh, these tend to go on for some time. He's like, it's episode 16 and we've gotten like eight of these speeches already. So, um, He's talking to camera, he's explaining how he used to be a supervillain. Mm. Honestly, like, give me the trio in this version. Like, I would like it if the trio were this cartoon, like, mustache yeah. twirling. Yeah, um, yeah. It's doing evil chemistry in their evil lab. And, like, honestly, not a bad idea to turn Buffy magnetic. Especially if in your plan you are beltless. Especially. Especially. But as soon as, I don't remember who says it, but they're like, she wouldn't be able to get out of the car. I was like, oh, she wouldn't? What a great plan. <laughs> Wait, have you ever seen Buffy drive? Yeah. <laughs> I guess a really long time weapons, ago. All of her weapons would just stick to herself. She'd have like mm. swords. That, well, the stake wouldn't, but. Faith's knife, we would always know when she'd been hanging out with Faith. So, um, Andrew voiceover at the end of this little vignette is like, Warren was cool, and wasn't Jonathan just the cutest thing? <laughs> oh, Buffy's still talking. Yeah, he checks in on the speech and is like, even Willow looks bored. <laughs> Andrew's relationship to Kennedy and Willow is kind of my favorite fucking thing ever. He's like, they've been in a really bad place, but like, this, this is really good news. Things are looking up. And that, like, coming in a pair with later when he's like fully shooting them, making out, and then walks up and is like, clearly everyone wants to see this. Look at this window sash that Xander has made. <laughs> Beautiful. Have we ever seen a person not objectify lesbians on television ever? <laughs> Andrew did it. <laughs> and we get some like exposition the plot moves forward, a subplot moves forward, Willow and Kennedy are fine now, or they're better? Well, they're better, you know? It's like, you know, Kennedy was like, oh, this is a little heavy for me, but fuck, you're still so cute, fuck. Relatable, you know? Uh, because Buffy is still speechifying, uh, Andrew has some time- I can't with this. To thing. fill his gentle viewers in. <laughs> On that time, he went up against Dark Willow. <laughs> It's so funny. He deflects thy power. He says, thank you, little one. The way they edit this scene together using all of Willow's lines from the episode, but to be in response to fucking Andrew being like, halt them. Beautiful. I guffawed, like I guffawed at my TV for this moment. It's very, very good. Um, so we go to school. Well, Buffy stopped talking, which usually means she had to go to work. <laughs> and so we go to school. So we go to school. All right, Buffy's at school. Shit is going fucking wild. 
She's breaking up a fight. There's another Marcy disappearing. Fucking <laughs> the way that she lets this Marcy know that yeah. is by smacking her in the face. Yeah. A, sh- a shy girl is mystically disappearing until a faculty member strikes her. Hooray! Oh, you do see me. Uh, I'm going to go process what just happened. Cordelia 3.0 comes running out of the bathroom. The mirror called me fat and it really said it. It said the words. A stressed out boy, played by a man who looks to be about 35, (laughs) is freaking out. His course load is simply too much. Uh, I just, when this boy explodes. (laughs) Nobody cares. They're just like, okay, and we're just going to class now. Who's going to clean up the meat splatter? Would it, would, wouldn't Buffy are like, womp, womp? <laughs> Dude, a student just explodes. Totally very strange. <laughs> uh, uh, people oh. throw through rocks. Speaking of Principal Wood, people were throwing rocks at Principal Wood. No, thank you. Only benefit being that we get to see Buffy apply a Band-Aid to... Kind of hot. She calls him Robin so much in this episode. And I don't know why it feels so sexual every time she does it. Um, You'd think Wood would feel more sexual. (laughs) But it doesn't. It's the same thing as Spike having his shirt off. Like, Robin is like a vulnerable vulnerable. name. Tender. It's It's like when Baby tells Patrick Swayze that her real name is Frances, you know? I hope someone captured me lost in that moment. Okay, so Buffy makes some points, right? Go on. <laughs> oh, yeah, high Jenny's school. Jenny's like, does it have anything to do with a vampire? Why don't <laughs> yeah. you tell them the story? I have my talking points. Uh... Is it that high school is war now instead of being hell? Yeah, well, The metaphor has evolved. It's funny because it's like truly Buffy is now just speaking about what the show is like how the show was created, you know? She's like, oh, this is actually the whole point is like high school is hell. So like, this is how it works. Um, and, mm-hmm. and she says, I think very like succinctly, sometimes on the Hellmouth, when something feels a certain way, it just becomes that way for real. Like mm-hmm. that's the biggest fuckery of the Hellmouth is that it takes this like feeling and it just makes it real. You think that you're like not pretty, then it will like, take all of your biggest insecurities and like hand them to you. You know, you're stressed out, you will actually explode. (laughs) Wood quotes the musical Carousel. (laughs) Just show me. I love that he's just like loving Carousel over there. Carousel, a musical I was not super familiar with and then I looked it up and the plot line is really dark. Turns out, you would never know with a title like Carousel. Yeah, I thought they'd just be on the carousel. I know. Um, But he says, hell's busting out all over, which is a direct pull from June's busting out all over uh, from the musical Carousel. A quick cut, made me laugh, to Andrew and his big board being like, say? (laughs) (laughs) I fucking told you. It's good. Uh, Then Andrew's, you know, waxing poetic about Don uh, for a sec, and then gets right on to uh, checking out Xander's extraordinary window sash work. 
and nothing else of importance going on. Don't, don't forget. Did you already talk about Dawn and I missed it because I was distracted? Because Andrew's zoom in on a ring of keys. <laughs> ring of keys is good. Yeah. Dawn used to be a key. Click, 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 click. Like, it's good. Um, back to school, Buffy's explaining, listen, we've had swim team monsters. We've had killer prom dogs. She's listing all the episodes for all of us nerds that want to hear them listed. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do the hyenas! <laughs> uh, and they talk about how the seal has become sort of this, this focal point of the Hellmouth. Uh, and Wood is like, ah, oh, so it's getting all focusy. And Buffy? says, mm-hmm. careful, you're starting to speak like me now, mm-hmm. but she says it in a way where she's making a lot of eye contact and you feel like you can like hear her eyelashes as she blinks. <laughs> and their faces are very close, especially for coworkers. And I think the cowards making the show should let them do a little kiss. I agree. Even at school. School's hard, but kissing's harder. Uh, (laughs) She just said no. It's my job, part of my job description is to periodically shake my head at you. (laughs) It's true. Okay. Okay. Oh, Oh, boy. My. Wow. The B plot, the C plot, who knows? Where's Latoya and Morgan? Um, uh, we're filming Xander and Anya in the living room. This is big deal, big deal town right here, okay? Um, Andrew's explaining that he's making a documentary called Buffy Slayer of the Vampires. Anya, or Buffy the Slayer who knew no fear, which Xander really likes. And you see how she chose the title that did not have the word vampires in it, right? And Andrew's like, thank you, Xander, that's sweet of you. We get this immediate, like, Andrew is Barbara Walters in this moment. I understand exactly one year ago today, you left Anya at the altar. Can you tell us more? <laughs> First question, no softballs. This is pretty accurate. Um, Hell's Bells was the 16th episode of the, of the last season. This is the 16th episode. This episode aired February 25th. That episode aired March 5th. So it is in keeping with the timeline. Uh, so then Anya and Xander have this conversation that is um, kind of a breakthrough, I think. I think this is an important conversation. It does feel very important. What do you have to say for yourself one year later? Xander says, I've apologized enough. The limit does not exist. Good, good. Um, so Xander explains that he does think that at least the choice to not get married was correct because he wasn't there. I think we all understand, including Xander, that that was not the way to do it. Um, and then Anya's like, but we still spark. We still get jealous of each other. Um, and she says, you still love me. And Andrew's like, is that true? <laughs> to cut to the seal of Danzelthorpe, but we have to go there. It has unburied itself. Oh, God. Look, Robin, Buffy says. (laughs) (laughs) She explains that her vision showed her a lot of... So many dancing turricons are going to come out of that hole. 
Um, and they have a little flirtation, as you do at the Seal of Danzelthorpe, um, <laughs> where she's explaining the difference between a dream and a vision. A dream is like where she might be on a bus naked, and, and Robin is like, where's the bus going? <laughs> Kiss! Uh. Yes. Oh, Woodrace is a great point. He's like, how can you trust each other? You've all been evil at some point. It is a good, it is a good point. And then, this is why you must be careful what you say on the Hellmouth. Wood immediately is possessed <laughs> by the seal and starts saying evil things to Buffy. Like, is it, it, is it just turning him evil or is it like a thing where like your deepest, darkest feelings manifest, you know? Because that's, right? Wow, I just felt so validated. <laughs> I don't know if any, I don't know if at any show that many heads have nodded for me ever before. <laughs> but yeah, he says, um, you're with that vampire. <laughs> Finally got one that I didn't mean to get. Uh, screwing that vampire, you <laughs> filthy whore. Yeah, rough shit. Rough shit. Um, and we, we kind of like learn later, because I actually asked Jenny, I was like, so what was happening to Wood though? And she was like, well, we see later the students are basically turning into bringers. Like that, that is how the bringers are made. So I guess we are to believe that if Wood had stayed like longer. The seal seems to have an agenda. <laughs> the seal is really, it's like tofu. It just kind of like does whatever you need it to do in the moment. You need a bringer, it'll give you a bringer. You need a Turrican, it'll give you a Turrican. <laughs> um, and then they realize that they have to stop the seal, and the way to do that might be, this is a pretty good fucking hunch, honestly, to talk to the guy who fed it its first drop of blood, a.k.a. Andrew. And then <laughs> a little pig that you might remember goes trotting by. Herbert Jr. What is that pig eating? In the basement? Oh my god, probably so much shit. There's probably so much shit down there. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, in the basement, some important filmmaking is going on. Spike doesn't want to be filmed. Get that camera out of his face unless he's not in his best light, in which case, let him know and then he will take it from the top. <laughs> The like, this like, guy. I mean, honestly, like, give us the deleted scene where Andrew basically does to Spike what he's done to Anya, right? And he's like, here's, here's how I'm going to feature you in this film, okay? You're going to be, like, sexy, but, like, mean. And so I need you to stand by this light and do this thing. And Spike's like, all right, all right. <laughs> Can I smoke? Yeah? Okay. Um... And then we get this, like, intercut. We go, but finally, we go back to the Xander and Anya of it all that we left, and we sort of see the rest of the scene through various perspectives. Um, one being the actual conversation that they had, and the other being because it was picked up on... It was sort of, like, this, sort of sneaky like this, you know? It was just, like, bink. Um, yeah, that's my prop. Uh, and we see Andrew watching it on replay, mouthing the words that they've said to each other. Actually, Kristen, he's only mouthing Anya's dialogue. (laughs) 
I didn't, think about it. I did not pick that up, and that is a very ben important Drew. point. Yes. Oh, God. This I, is what he's in the middle of when Buffy and Wood bust in to talk about the seal. Yeah. Um, yes, I still love you. I always will. I just don't know if that means anything for us anymore. This is really good. It's like this really good little chewy bit in this funny, bizarro episode, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Jane Espenson, good job. Good job. Uh, right? Yeah. I mean, I would like to, for one moment, just talk about some of the other things that they say. Well, really, just one other thing, two other, three other things. <laughs> I, like the, I like the moment where Anya tells Xander that he was ready to fight with no weapons to protect her, and that, like, she saw that, and she recognized it, and, like, that bravery is, va is like, important to her. Um, and I also like the line that Anya says where she says, I hope you know you never left my heart. It's really nice. It took them a minute, you know, but they like are having this conversation and it feels like both people are there to receive the other person's truth. And it's very nice. Now you may continue. Oh yeah, then Buffy and Wood come in and they're like, we gotta talk to you about the seal. Meanwhile, uh, at the seal. <laughs> it's fucking Latin o'clock, people. Teens encircling, kneeling, raising arms like our friend at the bar, <laughs> chanting. I don't know actually now in retrospect what you're getting up to back there, but I hope it's wholesome. Surely no good can come from this at the seal of Danzelthorpe. This is a good moment, I think, to bring up our second guest. What do you think, Jenny? Please ascend to the stage our new friend and yours, Caroline Orajuela. Come to us! Hi, everybody. Hi, Philly. <laughs> uh, Jenny, oh, would you like to yes, let introduce me our wonderful guest? Do what I do best, <laughs> which is read things to you from my phone. Thank you. Uh, Caroline Orajuela is a Philadelphia-based voice actor, and podcast producer whose voice can be heard on Ultra Hope Girls, a Dan Ganronpa podcast. <laughs> a word that I said many times in the green room, <laughs> praying that it would come out right. And also on It's Locked podcast about her interactives, Nancy Drew video games. She's a super sleuth, Tumblr era Buffy fan, and has probably written a haiku about every episode. It's true. <laughs> Uh, Hello. Also, like, here by popular demand. It's true. Twitter like, demanded it. <laughs> we were like, Philly, do you have anybody who you'd want to guest? And then it was like, be Caroline, 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 Caroline. <laughs> Obviously, it's unanimous. We all want Caroline. We're like, oh, hey. I mean, like, this is surreal. I've been listening to you guys since I was gardening for my voice teacher in high school. So it's kind of a burn, you know? <laughs> like, she came backstage and she was like, I've been listening to you since I was 16. And we were like, what's your fucking point? <laughs> You're old. <laughs> I am, but one day, so will you be. Um, welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Do you in think... In between. Do you <laughs> <two> sandwich. <laughs> a 
And look at your whole outfit. Thank it's, you. I had to bring so these back. I, I was a willow growing up, you know. I mean, and, clearly. I mean, yeah. Come on. I, I got into it because my best friend was like, there's a redheaded lesbian in this show. You should watch that. I was like, okay. <laughs> And I just liked Faith, and my girlfriend is a Faith, so I kind of <gasps> hit the jackpot. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Your girlfriend who is here, She's here. so you better guard her, you know what I, I know, mean? it's true. She's a hot shot. Got, got a lot of Faith fans <laughs> in the audience. Um, also, we talked about this a little backstage, but Willow Faith is a pair. Oh, yeah, like, I read all the fan fiction growing up. So much fan fiction, and it's enemies to lovers, and it's the hottest shit you have ever seen. You all know. You all know. It's ridiculous. Um, do, you, would, do you think it's better for you to begin? Because I know you wrote a haiku for this shit. It's true. I, I did write a haiku do you for think, this evening. Do you think we should begin there? I mean, Oh, my can. God. Pulling it out of the tiny I pocket. I have a little baby pocket. Yes. It's, it's a haiku-sized so pocket. I mean, this is a full eight and a half by 11 size paper, but it's right here. Andrew makes Buffy slayer of the vampires. No bongs for guestage. Because <laughs> he Deep. would cough it up. <laughs> Deep. So have you written one for every episode of the show? Not every episode, but I have one from Band Candy I could share, too. If we're feeling frisky. Yeah. Yes, please. Band Candy. Okay, ready? Oh, I'm ready. We have Willow, that's a tree. Why is it always babies? Get on that cop car. Okay, so first of all, standing ovation. Thank you. It's my best work. Second of all, you referred to yourself, I think, as a Tumblr-era Buffy it's fan. It's true, correct. I know what Tumblr is. It was, <laughs> it was a big part of my, my life at one point. Right. And I know what Buffy is, but I want to hear to you explain what your you own specifically words. mean, yes, right. by Tumblr-era Buffy fan. So, I mean, you know, there's the generation of fans who are, like, super hulak, like, all into all the fandoms. Thank you. Thank you very much. What is that word you just said? <laughs> so, Supernatural. <laughs> it, it's Supernatural. Sherlock and Doctor Who. Oh, right, Super Hulak. Hulak, and okay. roped into there because there's some cross contamination with the actors, obviously, in all mm. those shows. Is Buffy and my best friend at the time, who I had a massive crush on. Mm -hmm. um, I was 15, and she was like, "Hey, you're into Sherlock. You should watch." Buffy, and I was like, sure, okay. <laughs> Never heard of this show, so I was on Netflix and I watched it all in a month, which is something, wow. I know, I know. So I binge watched it, which is definitely a different experience from folks who watched it as it aired live, and you know, that changes the culture of it because what that meant is like, you know, there are only a few people from my high school who I knew who liked Buffy yes. because no one had seen it, right? And those people, like, you know, I had friends who were like, 
fucking cheerleaders. I had friends who were like in the band and friends who like were stoners. And but the only thing we had in common was we all watched Buffy, right? And like I'm still friends with all these people, and they're all they all know I'm here right now <laughs> because you know like that's how we bonded. Yeah. And that and like I'm really close friends with all those people still, despite the fact we had no nothing else in common in high school. And so it was really magical. It brought that generation of folks together. Definitely. I'm so glad to hear that still the three food groups of high school students. <laughs> I know. I As everyone knows. Cheerleader, <laughs> band, stoner. stoner. What Cheer, were you tagging? Cheerleader, band. I was, I guess, ba- I was theater, so that goes in the band yeah. pie, piece of pie. But, and I crushed on the stoners. Yeah, I think I was banned, but I mostly hung out with stoners. Yeah, right, right. There was a lot of ble- a lot of bleed between uh, theater and stoner. Theater, right. I, I would posit theater is the bridge between band and stoner. Correct. It, it's a Venn diagram. <laughs> the middle is theater, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, this is amazing. And the second thing that I love about this telling of your experience sure. is that it still was a queer crush. That oh, brought absolutely. Buffy to your front door. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah, it's true. I mean, she had um, dark brown hair and brown eyes. I mean, what can I say? Wow. A Boston accent. Just a really big night. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Um, okay, so that is how you got into the world of Buffy. It's true. How, I mean, th- maybe nobody wants to hear this but, but me, but how did you get into the world of buffering? How did you find buffering? us? Buffering? Well, my, one of my friends from high school was like, a podcast just started about Buffy, and I was like, I just got a job working as a gardener, so all I'm doing is sitting around and weeding flower beds all afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And I think at that point, like, season two was, like, halfway through for you guys. Uh-huh. And so I was, like, you know, at first, like, listening it to back to back to back because I'd be there for, like, five hours at a time, right? So I could get three episodes in. Yeah. yeah so that's how I learned about you guys. And, like, meeting you today, I was, like, wow, I, this is parasocial relationship is now becoming <laughs> a relationship. <laughs> that, like, meme of the boy eating the yogurt with the thing it's like then we right. all just started eating yogurt together, together. Uh-huh. it was a really uh-huh. magical moment yeah. but yeah so you were you guys were there as i was weeding incredible wow i also listen to podcasts while i weed but no one pays me <laughs> what is your secret <laughs> i told my voice teacher i was broke and she was like girl come weed my garden um, do you have some Andrew thoughts that you'd like to share with us? What do you, do you like Andrew as a character? What? I do. And I know that that might be a controversial moment for this room. I don't know. No, I don't think it, I, I mean, think it might be d- yeah. divisive. Maybe. I don't know. Toya is going to be pissed at you. Right, but. right. But she's just going to be on a screen. Yeah. So you're fine. <laughs> I can take it. I think maybe. <laughs> no, but I, you know, my, both of my podcasts are about like, you know, murder video games where people die often and in one of the podcasts you know it's like high school students who are like committing murder because they're in a situation where they you know can't 100% control their actions right and so with Andrew I can't help but feel bad for him like yes he chose to make the final stab (laughs) to Jonathan but he you know there was a lot going on in the outside I'm in my 20s I understand that I'm still growing and sometimes you murder people sometimes you feel like you know you kind of should welcome to Philly Uh, (laughs) um, 
but yeah, so, and I just can't help but, like, you know, I mean, what he says before, like, Willow murdered people, Spike murdered people, right, and we right. love them, and I... Tom Link kills it for me. I love him because of because of that act because of him. Honestly, yeah. so yeah, I love the complexity of like a villain who we learn to love. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I've always loved that in media, and that's why I love obviously Buffy because there's so much of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. You uh, you are causing such um, like people are just they need to speak now. I <laughs> Like not like in the best way. Like I feel like you're talking and everybody's like, oh god, fuck! I have, I have some ideas now. I have some really big fucking ideas. Write them into haikus. Right. T tweet them at me, Caroline O R J E L L S. Yes. I read all of them. And we'll of course in the future put that in the show notes. Fab. So if you're listening here, you can tweet at Caroline all of your big thoughts about Andrew. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit? I and this is, I'm just curious because the. Um, word that Jenny was practicing saying means a thing that I don't know about. Sure, yeah. Can you tell me just a little bit about this pod that podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So Danganronpa is a Japanese visual novel video game and anime. Um, and it's about 16 high school students who get trapped into their high school and a evil principal who looks like a stuffed bear. <laughs> comes out and is like, in order to escape, you need to murder another student and get away with it. And so it raises all of these moral questions. So throughout the game, you know, multiple murders will happen. Jenny thinks it's funny that I'm no. invested. Kristen is all in. <laughs> but, but it raises like these questions because these kids are like 16, 17 years old. So like, are they going to be defined by a murder they commit at this age? Like, right. are, are they still growing? You know, do they deserve a punishment if they get caught? Right, and it's it's really, um, yeah, it's a real, it's a niche. You know, a lot of our fans are middle and high schoolers. Amazing, that's so great. I love it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Are there other things about this episode that you want to talk to us about while you're here? I have just two things to say. Please. One is that Buffy uses Fiesta dishware. For anyone who is familiar, I did not know that until I watched this today. <laughs> I was like, that is a Fiesta bowl that my parents have in their home. <laughs> Jenny is right now on stage Googling Fiesta. You'll where... know as soon as you see it. Yep. And then the other thing, yep. I just have to elaborate more on this slap moment because... With, with the invisible student? Right, right, because it is Buffy is like, she stops. Like, it's clear Sarah Michelle Gellar in the moment was like, may I touch your face? Like, this. And then this, the sound effect is like... Like, it sounds like she... she assaulted this student when it was truly just a little baby tap on the face. And I'm just like, it's hilarious. I'm sure sorry, she's that. being thrown under the bus by the sound effects and people. I was like, guys, why are you doing her dirty? It's season seven. She's oh. ready to get out of here. Although I, so I did read about that scene that in, because of the widescreen bullshit, yada, 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 right. that like in the original format, you don't actually see what we see. Oh, with the, what, right. With the you don't, I don't think you're supposed to actually see Sarah Michelle Gellar being like, boo, <laughs> That's true. That's, oh, I support your theory that I it would mean, be a much better way to make someone feel visible. Right, right. <laughs> Just slap them in the face. Anyway, that's Tumblr era for you. Oh. We didn't get the... Ah, this yeah. is the best. I am so happy that you were here with us. Thank you for having me. Yes. This is like so yeah. fabulous. Oh, please give it up for Caroline. Thank you. <laughs> 
I took a lot from that, mostly that there were a bunch of people in high school being like, have you heard about this podcast called Buffering the <laughs> Do you not feel like extra special cool when, high, when people in high school are like, yeah, usually I see teens and I'm like, how can I reroute my walk right now? Yeah. To leave a wide berth. I don't want them what? to say anything about me. Even if I never hear it, I'm what? scared. <laughs> what? what is that? It's like our, all of our inner teens just like constantly seeking for approval because it's the same thing. If, if anyone who is a teen is like, this is cool or like cool shoes, I'm like, <gasps> fuck, I am cool. <laughs> Does everyone like that? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Oh. Okay. Back to Latin o'clock. We go back to somewhere in Mexico, 2002. So we are now getting some detail into what happened with Jonathan and Andrew when they were in Mexico. And it was they were having visions. 
Evil dreams from an evil seal. I read, I wouldn't have picked this up on my own, but apparently in the dream, we hear this, the Spanish for from beneath you, it devours. But when they say it <laughs> to each other, they say, what is Spanish for? It eats you starting with your bottom. Uh, nice, um, the gift that keeps on giving. Keeps on, it really just keeps on giving. Um, and... We, we, like, somewhere through this get the reveal that Willow is using a, really like a Himalayan salt Yeah, an lamp. enchanted salt lamp <laughs> that pulls out your memories. So be careful with your salt lamps at home. <laughs> Please. Uh, uh, Andrew is tired. Uh, having his memories extracted is thirsty work, and he would like a Zima. <laughs> Does anyone have any intel on if Zima is... Still being manufactured. Yeah. For, I always try. What? They brought it they back. Brought it Everything back. old is new again. <laughs> I don't know why, but the fact that you are loudly screaming about Zima really connects to Zima for me. <laughs> it's good. You know, like the fact you know a lot about Zima and you're not, and not afraid to share it. It all, it all fits. Zima. Hell yeah. Remember when we were so obsessed with everything being clear? <laughs> like as though it just would like pass through, like just it, like you never even drank it. It's clear. Okay. We see Andrew interacting with, uh, with more in the first early on in their partnership. We get more of like crushy stuff here again, like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Subtle. Uh, not subtle, but like not subtext, not text. Warren tells Andrew that he looks good, and Andrew's immediately like, oh, I probably have pillow creases. <laughs> uh, which I like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's clear that Andrew just wants like a very strong man to like bench press him, you know? <laughs> and. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Warren has directed Andrew to. Warren the first has a. a What's happening to me? Warren, the first, has directed yeah. Andrew to obtain a knife. All of the words in the right order. <laughs> and Andrew's seeming a little skeptical. Like, maybe I shouldn't actually murder my friend. It just, like, doesn't take that much. But Warren's like, baby, 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 we will be as gods. <laughs> as gods, <laughs> you know, etc. Uh, if I saw that, if somebody told me that all I had to do was stick one little knife into Kristen Russo, <laughs> and then the, both of us would be in togas with harps in a beautiful flower field for all time as gods, I would at least consider it. Because <laughs> I'd be doing you a favor if it were true. Not if you watched the rest of the show. Well, I'm just saying, up till now, Andrew hasn't seen the rest of the show yet. May this never be submitted to a court of law as evidence. <laughs> uh, yeah. The God scene is hysterical. I would love to just see like the behind the scenes footage of this fucking scene with these three ding-dongs in their togas. It's good. Just one trying to out-ding-dong the other. Oh, it's so funny. And then Warren the First tells Andrew that there's power in the knife 
and that Andrew has to drive the words deep into Jonathan, and that's the only way they get their awards. And Willow's like, wait, say that again? And Andrew's like, this part, we are as gods. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 no. The other part with the words and the, the knife. And Andrew's like, oh, that knife? Oh, that knife is important? It's simply in the cutlery drawer <laughs> where I put it after I washed it because you didn't have any steak knives. I have a really hard time believing that Joyce Summers never supplied her house with steak knives. Also, when are these fuckers eating steak? Well, steak knives cut all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Your best friend, chicken. Uh. Okay, so they, they dig the knife out and praise. Andrew knows this language, it's sort of proto-Tuaric. Uh, and it says, the blood which I spill, I consecrate to the oldest evil. Oh my God, I know that evil. Andrew drew it on his big board. Um, yeah, this is, like, this is also cool that, like, Andrew, because, you know, and the whole joke of Andrew is that he can't do anything useful, but, like, the truth is that Andrew, like, speaks all of these languages and also has done a lot of demon summoning and can actually be useful if, like, he could just pull his own head out of his own ass and, like, focus, you know? So I like that, th I like that like this moment is here. I like that he knows this language and he actually, it's not about him. Cause I could see this episode like going in a way where like Andrew doesn't mean to help, but he accidentally helps. But like he actually does have tools, um, which I think is A plus. I agree. Willow does a little clickety clack and <laughs> it is decided. I just laugh because I have zip zip in my notes and I like that you have clickety clack in yours. <laughs> And they're gonna take Andrew to the seal and see if it'll respond to this language, which Andrew conveniently can speak. So look at this roll call. Andrew, Buffy, Spike, Wood, name a more iconic quartet. <laughs> we go, the high school is full, full war zone. There's a riot happening here. We see. <laughs> Where does they get the barrels to, to put the fire the in? The fire in the barrels is over the top. But it that's is. how you what, know. Do they need to really... stay warm? What are they burning? Books? What hap what's happening? Cheerleading uniforms, perhaps? Oh, maybe. Because we get a die cheerleaders followed by marching band rules. Two nice. of our food groups already accounted for. The stoners are just like, they use the barrels, actually. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is happening here, man. <laughs> Buffy and Spike both have flashlights, little Scully and Mulder. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I hear. Um, Andrew's got his camera. Wood just has himself being sexy. And Wood and Spike get into another... I hate this. Another thing where Wood is being like, oh, yeah, you're a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Students are easy pickings for the likes of you. Ah, this is so unproductive is and not something that I can believe would be happening. But thankfully, Andrew is filming it and observes that there must be something going on between them. Sexual tension you could cut with a knife, he perhaps a knife with some words on it. Yes. 
I couldn't even believe that he said sexual tension. I was like, oh, he knows. He knows. <laughs> He's watching us. Bless. Is it, did we, did we do enough of it to actually go into the segment right now? Uh, all the things? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we're good. This is actually the optimal time, I think. Great. Uh, we have, uh, excuse me. Welcome back to another thrilling installment, the most important part of the podcast. It's the Sexual Tension Awards. Many noms will enter. Only four slots will be temporarily filled before a winning coupling, thruppling, or beyond is named. Here are your nominees. Their faces got very close together. She put a Band-Aid on his head and called him by his first name. It's Buffy and Principal Wood. In slot number two, just when you thought you couldn't think of another thing to cut with a knife that's covered in words, it's Spike and Wood's sexual tension. Good, 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 yes. Sometimes, you know, one of the most powerful love languages is to me, um, when someone recognizes uh, how you put an incredible amount of craft and care into something, uh, like for example, just off the top of my head, like a window sash or something. Uh, it's Zandrew, of course. It's been called, in slot number four, it's been called the most important meal of the day. And none of us, not a one among us, can hope to disagree. It's Buffy, Cereal, and Spike. Now, you know what our slots are full of. <laughs> Phrasing. Uh, consider these noms these educational and entertaining noms, and cast your vote if you dare. On our Twitter poll, at BufferingCast, you will see these noms laid out by Kristen Russo. You will cast your vote as you see fit, and then we will announce the winner in the next episode. Glorious. Okay, we're, we're okay, rounding okay, okay. the bend here. There's a riot at the school. There's students attack. Students attack. Wood, just having recovered from rocks, gets smashed in the head with a fire extinguisher. Andrew, instead of helping anyone, just narrating uh, about how he's going to be struck Listen, down. Listen, it's hard to be a documentarian, you know. Redemption. <laughs> Uh, there's an incredible fucking roundhouse kick from Buffy in this scene that is really nice. There is also so much flannel. Like, they borrowed the My So-Called Life wardrobe for this fucking scene. Buffy's like, don't kill that kid. He's just a student, Spike. Spike's like, it's not going to kill him. Bam! 
but it will like just calm him the fuck to everybody's losing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Buffy's going to take Andrew to the basement and uh, leave Spike and Wood alone together. A terrible idea. Also, like, before they go down to the basement, we get, like, the most soap operian. Is that a word? Now it is. Now it is. Uh, like, cut to Wood and Spike. It's like, they're going to go downstairs, and we see Wood and Spike, and it's like, bum, bum, bum. You know? Drama. Mm-hmm. I just hate it. I fucking hate the drama with these two. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Andrew Buffy going down the stairs. Buffy is like, put the camera away. Andrew says he wants to show the world what she does. And Buffy says, what I do is too important to show the world. That, that, is, that makes you feel a lot of feeling. I love her. <laughs> Even though she's having objectively a rough season. <laughs> Lots of ups and downs. That's uh, great. Yeah. Sometimes the, wor- sometimes the world can't handle it. You know, mm-hmm. that's what she's saying. Mm-hmm. But also, I was like, oh, you're too important. Me? No! Oh. oh, I thought you were like, I thought you were like, Buffy. oh, Jenny's like over-identifying. <laughs> and I was like, I... Yeah, when I think about you, the first thing I think about is how important you always feel like you are. <laughs> One of my most defining qualities. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> then we get something good, something fun, which is Andrew retelling Jonathan's death. Uh, first he tells it like he's like arguing with Warren he's like I'm not gonna do it and then Jonathan attacks him and then he accidentally kills him in self-defense and Buffy's like oh yeah yeah I was uh the wood was actually controlled by the seal just before and Andrew's like yes actually what happened was my eyes went wide and I had no control over my own faculties and then I was like get out of my brain It's good. It's good. Uh, however, what's yeah. not good? Ugh. The transformation of this circle of teens into fresh bringers. Those teens, one of them was like, have you heard of the, of the podcast Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Buffy the Vamp- <laughs> Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Y'all did not catch me. <laughs> That's the rule. You have to catch me before I fix it. Otherwise, I'm <laughs> Okay. So, um... Xander and Anya fucked. <laughs> you carpenter, you. I'm sorry. Like, I'm into this shit. Are we to believe that there was hammering to be had? <laughs> Xander, too bad Buffy took Spike's chains down. Anya, you said it. Also, why? I just, why what? Why'd she take Spike's chains oh. down? <laughs> because he's a good man. But, like... Just in case, you know? Yeah, well, I was... I mean, you could use them for a lot of things. Sex also. Yeah. Containment of other dangerous individuals also. But not the first, incorporeal. Slip right through those manacles. (laughs) (sighs) So they decide, kind of in collaboration, which is also nice that this was fun and they had fun and they love each other, but it felt like a one more time kind of a thing and they feel like they're done. Good. Right? Yes. Good. Thank you, my (laughs) co-hosts. Well, I'm just like, unless. I don't know. (laughs) 
nice that they're both in the same place with this. That is nice. The world is ending. They got to have some good sex. But also, like, if the world is ending, why not just keep it going until the world ends? Yeah, but it's probably complicated. You know? Yeah, but if we all die, nothing matters. Amanda's just standing in the corner like, guys, (laughs) nothing fucking matters. So you want me to get you the chains? (laughs) Or the camcorder? (laughs) Someone loved it. Um, Wood and Spike are upstairs fighting students at the school. Wood is proud for one moment that someone has learned to do something in shop class. (laughs) Um, And he gets his shot. Wood gets a shot to stake Spike, and he fucking takes it. Like, he takes it. And the only reason... I like that that woo. That, That was a brave woo. And I appreciate it and agree with it. In many ways, you haven't even heard the episode for Get It Done, but we have a lot to say about this whole thing. Anyway, he doesn't get to take it because a student attacks him right before he goes to stake Spike, the vampire. Wow. Uh, okay. So downstairs, uh-huh. the Bringer teens are attacking Buffy. Andrew is continuing to film and narrate (laughs) instead of making himself useful. Uh, Buffy, because of course she does, uh, triumphs. Mm -hmm. It's like five to one ratio. And uh, it's like, okay, cool. Now I have to bleed you onto the seal. And Andrew's like, what? (laughs) What? She tells him that the blood of the, the person who opened the seal will close it. Which is like pretty believable. I feel like that's almost always the math. I also feel like people are usually bad at lying on this show, and this is a great lie. Yeah. It's because she's lying so that we believe her. (laughs) Yeah. If if you're lying on the show only to get a character to believe you, you do it really poorly. But if you're lying so that we're supposed to believe you, you do it really well. So she kind of starts this monologue-ish to Andrew and is basically like, you need to stop telling stories. Life isn't a story. You make, and I love this line, you make everything into a story so no one is responsible for anything. They're just following a script. We all know humans that do this thing, Um, right? And it just just is very, and she's trying to get him, I mean, (laughs) she's trying to get him to cry, but I think she's also laying down some really fucking important truths about the way that Andrew um, deals with the world around him and the way that he separates himself from it so that he doesn't have to take any accountability. Mm -hmm. And with that, I think it might be time for our special video. A weird experience where we will be here watching ourselves there talk. But just pretend like this is us and LaToya is sitting here and it's going to be great. We ready? I I hope past me did a good job. Great. Holy shit, LaToya Ferguson. Look who it is. Look who decided to show up to a podcast I heard she was feuding with, and well, yet. Well, I mean, yes, LaToya, you, do, you did arrive kind of to still feud. I mean, I think, anyway. You have some thoughts. Interesting choice of venue. It's almost as if you want to be around us. That's I'm, all. 
sabotaging from within, little Jenny. <laughs> Uh, so Latoya, you feel really, really bad for Andrew, right? Like it really has tugged on all of your emotional strings to see him crying. Yeah. No. He's your fave. No. You love him. No. <laughs> you want to do a little smooch with him? How dare you? <laughs> Tell us more about your feelings. We're here to listen. We're here to hold your hold space for your feelings for Andrew. Well, it began by watching the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> uh, literally every Andrew joke is LOL gay, which even as a teenager at the time, I was like, this isn't funny. And there is no coming out. It, literally, it's just, he's gay, right? There is no text, it's all subtext. And that's the joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you dislike Andrew as sort of like a, a placeholder as like the the target of this type of humor and not like you hate Andrew's soul. Well, or... no, I hate Andrew's soul too. No, no, That's no. Just okay. she, she, she definitely Andrew. also hates Andrew's soul. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, and is that, I mean, like, cause we've talked a bit about how Andrew is not good. Like, he's not a good person. He's not a good person and he's not really doing anything to like fix anything that he's done wrong. So no. mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but over on uh, Angel, Faith was in prison to redeem herself. She could have walked out the door at any moment. Uh, and she, you know, she was reckoning with what she did. She um, actually was trying to uh, redeem herself, not absolve mm-hmm. herself, which is all that uh, Andrew tries to do for mm-hmm. things uh, that he did, like uh, murder Jonathan. Uh, mm-hmm. helped uh, Warren in his assaulting and murder of Katrina. Uh, mm-hmm. He still supported him after that, by the way. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with Tom Lank, just, just for the record. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I, I, I appreciate Tom Lank. I enjoy most of Storyteller mm-hmm. until the, the faux redemption they try to do with this character. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Latoya, how would you have, like, if you had the reins on Andrew... A million dollars an episode. Million dollars an episode. <laughs> would you would you write Andrew off or would you would you write him in in a way that felt better? I would write him off. Like he would have to like turn himself in. There's even a point where Jonathan's thinking we should turn ourselves in. And of course Andrew's mm-hmm. opposed to that. And then they, you know, they run off to Mexico for their adventures or whatever, but before, you know, Andrew murders him. Uh, it's, I also think that the story in general, uh, with Andrew, it makes more sense if it's Jonathan. Mm. I do think, uh, by virtue of Jonathan, uh, dying, it does make his story more tragic in general, but I do think that a lot of what they're trying to do with Andrew works better if it is Jonathan, because he does have a connection to the Scoobies and it would make sense why they wouldn't just cast him off. It makes no sense why they don't cast Andrew off, especially since we know he's weak-willed, weak-minded. He is, like, the perfect opening for the first. There's no reason he should be part of... Like, he is a liability. But don't you think he looks great in oven mitts? My smoking jacket? Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Latoya, is there anything else that you would like to say about Andrew to this uh, live audience in Philadelphia or the listeners that are listening after? Uh, hello, Philadelphia. Uh, Pause for applause. Pause for applause. (laughs) Uh uh 
Um, Latoya, is there anything you want to say to Philadelphia and our later listenership about why you have decided to call me Little Jenny? Because it's very funny. It's really funny. Also, people, if you're ever on the streets in L.A. and you see a drunk me around, which is usually the case, just come talk to me about Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I'm glad that you're here because this is what happens. It's like, you know, we're over here laughing about Andrew and there's people at home who are like pissed that we're laughing about Andrew, but they don't really say anything. But then like now that you're here pissed about Andrew, everyone who's been like holding it in is going to be like, yeah, what she said. (laughs) They can like come out from hiding. Yes, yes. And finally live their truths. (laughs) Wow. Because over on Angel on Top, we always tell the truth. Uh, We're always good. We're always having fun. Shit, we meant to get a dirty bed sheet and spray paint Welcome (laughs) LaToya for the beginning of this video. Toya. <laughs> Wonderful. Delicious. Perfect. And made some fucking points. I, and like what I, I think, I don't know, this feels like the, the meat of the whole show is just this, that like, like we just had like Caroline up here with us talking about this like really fucking brilliant way of looking at what Andrew is doing. And we have Latoya, who's fucking brilliant, looking at what Andrew is doing. And that, like, this character is a character that is so flawed, but also, and even in a short span of episodes, I mean, it's not even like Andrew's been around for seven seasons, we get this character that's so complicated that we know that he, we know that all of the things he's done are so bad, and we know that he's, like, kind of working on it, but like he's definitely not doing what I think would be expected of somebody to do in this situation. And it 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 just causes us to like wrestle with those things and, and think about like, but I like this character, so what do I do with that? What does that mean? Watching this show is like training for the problematic fave Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> We've already come so far and done so much. Andrew? Yeah. Whatever. What did he do? <laughs> he only killed one guy? <laughs> oh, fuck. It's true. So um, to, to sort of like close out this scene, we get <clears throat> Buffy saying to Andrew, right, I made it up. I'm making it all up. Like, what kind of hero does that make me? This isn't some story where good triumphs because good triumphs. I wish I could tell so much of my extended family who were like, everything happens for a reason. You know, like, like that, like that is not what this story is. And she explains, like, people are going to die. Good people are going to die. Girls, maybe me, probably you. <laughs> <laughs> probably right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and she kind of like gives him this, you know, your, but your blood is going to maybe, maybe save the world. So what do you think about that? Are you redeemed? And he does have a moment, you know, of like true, at least he's being real. Maybe for the first time that we've ever seen Andrew, like actually break enough to see what's 50 layers underneath the storytelling surface. And he says, no, I killed Jonathan. I'm scared. And this is what Jonathan felt. 
It's it's not redemption. It's not he's not but he is at least examining the reality of the thing. Which Maybe is, it's the beginning of something. We would hope that it is the beginning of something. And then he cries. Hooray! Yay! And his little tears close the seal forever until later. <laughs> I forget, actually. Uh, uh, and Buffy says, I wasn't going to stab you. Andrew says, what if the tears didn't work? And Buffy, ice cold, says nothing, walks out of the room. <laughs> Um, a couple small little ending scenes here. We have um, back up at the school. When they, when they come back up, there's still a lot of fighting going on. But then the minute that the tears have hit the seal, the students stop. They don't seem... I thought it was going to be like one of those moments that the show has given us a few times where like the students are disoriented. They're like, what was I doing? But these students are just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like very NPC about it all. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll just go home. Um, and Wood and Spike have a brief exchange. Wood saying, she got it done. Spike saying, always has, which is really sexy and I love it. And Wood being like, so far. Why you gotta bum us out? <laughs> but we're all worried about what's to come. And then Andrew tapes a little bathroom confessional. Uh, How much real world do you think Andrew has watched? Oh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> uh, and he, he says for the first time with no frills, he just says, I killed my best friend. And, you know, I don't think I'm going to live through what's, what's coming. And that's probably the way it should be. And then he goes to start talking and then he's like, mm, and turns, turns the camera, camera off. off. Turns the camera off. Who's going to use it next? Who's, who do you think is going to... Dawn. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know Dawn is, like, making vlogs up in her fucking room. <laughs> Reporting live from Sunnydale. Well, she's making vlogs. Yeah, okay. Sorry. I just... Vampire! <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you that I'm Jenny Owen Young's. Are you sure? I'm like, I am sure that I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, but I was like, are we definitely, is this what's happening now? Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, wait, before you're Jenny Owen oh. Young, so like... Before. <laughs> How can I help? What do you think of this episode? Oh, I like this episode. I think, I mean, I do... I do think that the that Andrew's like sort of like the redemption thing, the idea that they're like reaching towards, I feel like it could be a little more like juicy and like authentic feeling. Mm -hmm. um, but I like everything that comes before it so much that I'm like, all right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's hard to do both, I think. It's hard to, yeah. like, have some of the real comedy moments in this episode and also land a, a full redemption. And they, they, like, get it as far as they can while keeping the comedy. So it's tricky. But also, this season has not been the most joyous season, and I think we deserve yeah. this episode. I agree. I agree. And fucking Tom Lank, honestly, just... Doing a great job. 
He really did it. Now you are allowed, you are permitted to be Jenny Onion. Oh my gosh, thank you! I... I am Jenny Owen Youngs. When I'm not watching Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires, I'm usually writing and recording songs. In fact, I just released a new EP called It's Dangerous to Go Alone a couple of weeks ago. It's so good. Oh. It's so good. Thanks, Kristen. I'm obsessed with it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you can find the EP in the magical land of Bandcamp or your favorite digital music platform. You can also give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs, and you can join me for live streams on Twitch on a weekly basis. A bug landed on my nose. <laughs> Did you see? I saw it. Wow. Um, how does the first one go? It's like, your princess is in another castle. How's that one go? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I love it so much. I am Kristen Russo, and when I'm not listening to Jenny's new EP on repeat or wow. discussing Buffy the Vampire Slayer or wearing... <laughs> I, lo I lost. I lost. It doesn't matter anymore what the math is. <laughs> I lost. Yeah. I'm just over here trying to make my funnel cake. I do have an unfair advantage of sophistication. <laughs> yes. When I'm not listening to Jenny C.P. on repeat or watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, thank you. I, I am uh, doing a lot of work with the LGBTQ community. It is, at least right now, when I'm talking, uh, the month of June, which is Pride Month. And... Yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, happy Pride! Gay people rule! <laughs> Um, and I talk at workplaces, and I'm writing a book on coming out, and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, and you can find out more about me on my website, kristinnoline.com. How do you spell that? Okay, they didn't all start in the same place, but I think they all have the they basic info it. correct. They all got it, and it was so fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we? Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast or drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. Such a bitch. You can support me and this bitch on Patreon. <laughs> if you'd like, bufferingthevampireslayer.com, but you have to spell it the actual way. Click on Patreon, head to our store, do all of that fun stuff, or just like sit here in World Cafe Live and love us in Philadelphia. This episode was recorded live in the beautiful city of Philadelphia at World Cafe Live!
thanks to the magnificent people of this venue for treating us with such care and helping us to put on this flawless show for you. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Al Badazza, wherever she may be, with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited, hell yeah, by John Mark Nelson. And till next time. Ah, Thank you so Thank much. You, Billy. Have a magnificent evening. Thank you, Miss Thank you. Join me, gentle viewer, in lovely Sunnydale, where demons aim to skewer, but good always prevails. And when evil is brewing below these dusty streets, you know there's one defender the monsters can't defeat. Slay, vampire slayer, use what destiny Shiny hair, a lion's heart, so evil best beware. We are a ragged army from all across the land. Principles and witches and vampires take a stand. We'll gather all. Our spears and our crossbows But can we hope to triumph Not a one among us knows Redemption, but filled with many snags. I know it won't be easy to heal my darkened soul, but I'll be on this journey until it makes me whole. Yes, I'll be on this journey until it makes me whole. one of the hosts of Bitches on Comics, the most welcoming place for LGBTQ plus folks and women to chat comics, fiction, and pop culture. 
Bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast. We speak with amazing guests about the media they've created, critiqued, and loved. And you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here. We've been named a Best Comic Book Podcast by several publications, including Book Riot, The Mary Sue, and Comic Book Herald. So tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like Carmen Maria Machado, Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts, and you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com.